Hey friends, it's Mark, your host from Behind the Human. Just before jumping into the episode with Nikki, I wanted to provide a couple thoughts and reflections for this week, just given everything going on. And also I interviewed this guy yesterday named John Fitch, and that episode should be out in about four weeks or so. And he said something quite profound or something that struck home for me about just how he was processing everything that was going on um, with COVID-19. And he used the word uh, witness or witnessing and just taking some time to step back and truly observe or, or like I said, witness what's happening. And it, it got me thinking because I think, you know, everything that's going on right now the amount of information and and how much change is happening it's easy to slip into like a fixing mode or a reaction mode and always being on edge with all of the information and everything that's being thrown at us versus this approach of just taking a moment to step back and and just truly witness what's happening right and then if you link this up with a, a journaling practice or some sort of reflective practice, it could be super uh, beneficial and therapeutic, I think, to go through a question like, you know, what am I, what am I witnessing right now? Or what did I witness this week? And how is that making me feel? Like, where is that in my body? And just getting that out of your head and going through that process, that in itself, uh, and this is for anything that we're going through in life, uh, whether it's what's happening right now or what continues to come up, frankly, as we, we deal with life um, events, let's just say. It's it's something that for me personally and a lot of the guests of the show have mentioned um, can be super therapeutic. So wanted to leave that with you before jumping in this episode. I hope you enjoy the chat with Nikki. It's part two of uh, her being on the show. Uh, she was one of the very early guests, so... Thank you for listening as always and uh, be well, safe and sending lots of love and health your way. All right. I am super pumped to have Nikki Sharp back on the podcast round two. She is a best-selling author, speaker, healer, and YouTuber that has also rocked a number one ranking app and top 30 podcasts. If you didn't catch the first episode, which talked a little bit about the whole shift from working as an international model to pursuing health full-time, make sure to check out episode number 47 and welcome to the show, Nikki. Thank you, Mark. So excited to be back for round two. Me too. You know, you know, the show is, is starting to have, I don't want to say have legs or have a little bit of longevity when you start getting to part yeah, twos of yeah, conversations. Yeah. It's exciting. Oh my God. I'm, I'm pumped to be here. I'm excited to see what, what magic comes out. Oh, so am I. I mean, we were just reminiscing of the first conversation and just, they're, they're definitely, I think that's the right word where there was some magic there and you're just, just even, even just getting ready for this conversation, listening to a few of your most recent podcasts, like you're just so passionate about what you're working in and you know the the message you're trying to get out there which is is a beautiful thing to see thank you yes i i would say i i definitely am passionate and and i i believe like all people like all humans not just those that are entrepreneurs i have yeah. days where i'm like what the f am i doing and like we were just talking about this too where it's like there's no certainty in life there's no certainty as an entrepreneur there and so there's there's so often where 
even though I have this massive mission and I love what I do, I still go through moments like, come on, Nikki, like get up, you know, put your two feet on the, on the floor and, and keep going with it. So I, I totally, (laughs) totally, I get that. And it actually leads well into, I mean, if you remember from the first show, most of the episodes start off with a, with a, who are you question, but I'd, I'd love to give a bit of a spin to that since we last spoke, but you know, more in the lines of, you know, who have you evolved into since we last spoke? Because there's been a lot that has, uh, you know, showed up in your life in terms of locations and work and all of this stuff. So I'm curious to see uh, what's shifted and what hasn't shifted. Oh, what a what an amazing question. Like, what if we reflected on that instead of setting New Year's resolution? <laughs> what if we reflected on like, who am I from who I was last year? That'd be so much better. Um, yeah. yeah so, who would, who have I, you know, evolved to? What have I learned since the last episode? I, I really went on a, a soul searching quest, not necessarily on purpose. It was just like, my soul was like, all right, Nikki, like it's time to do the hard work. And boy, oh boy, was it hard. Uh, mm-hmm. That means that I wouldn't take any of it back because it's in our darkest, hardest moments that when we rise up, we we then are able to see that there was a purpose and a reason to everything that we do. And so I, I enter this new phase with gratitude of 2020 of a new chapter of a little bit more stability, less travel. And I've really learned some big lessons in terms of relationships of, of taking ownership of where I maybe wasn't prior and how I contributed to, to fights with past partners and that sort of thing. And, and just how mm-hmm. I show up in my best self. I, I started realizing over the past year that the thing that I was really searching for was love and connection. And ironically, as human beings, the thing that we want most, we tend to sabotage. And so I was <laughs> doing a very good job of pushing people away by traveling all the time and never really being available. And I was like always too busy to call my parents and my friends. And so I really shifted that to saying, you know, if my parents call me, I will be available no matter what I'm doing. If I'm at a dinner, I will answer the phone. If my friends call me, I will be free. And so um, that led to some massive, massive shifts and just such deep nourishing relationships. I, I also started showing up more for my friends with a, a complete service mentality of, you know, if you're going through something, how can I, how can I support you and serve you? Um, so within mm. all of that, it's, and then I, I started doing some really deep diving reflection into what my purpose is and who who do I want to be every single day. And so just through all of that, and that sounds pretty like heavy and deep and woo woo and all that kind of like blah spiritual bullshit, you know, and like I'm yeah, yeah. aware of that. And at the same time, it's I love my life because I feel like a kid again more than anything. And I realized that. I don't need to take things so damn seriously. And so that's that's really what it's been. It's been this very deep dive spiritual into myself, but also then to show up more for other people. And then the entire thing of that was like, how can I have more fun and stress less and just be a better human being? So that was kind of a long answer. No, I love, well, so just to replay a little bit of what you said last time, because it resonates quite a bit. You mentioned you're someone who cares deeply about humanity and making others better, which mm. yeah. is, you know, a, a great, great link to obviously what you just said. Do you, do you think, 
like when we, we, we last spoke, you were in LA, um, you had just come in, come back from spending, I believe a summer in Paris, but then you were moving to Paris with the intention of traveling from there. And, and you obviously spent quite a bit of time in Bali, uh, Bali uh, for anyone that's been following you on your Instagram and whatnot. Do you think that location change triggered this type of reflection? Like what was it that started to unstick these, you know, these thought patterns or the narratives that you had running in your mind? Mm, that's a great question. It honestly, it was like everything. It, sure. It's definitely moving. And one of our biggest fears as human beings is that, you know, we, we have a fear of failure. So people don't want to move from their homes. They don't want to quit their job because they're scared they're not going to find another job that pays as well or, you know, X, Y, Z. And so for me, moving to a place where I didn't speak the language that I, and like barely, I could get by um, to <laughs> where I didn't really know many people to a place where I I really didn't know what I was going to be doing through all of that it it ended up becoming a it challenged me to my deepest core to be like who sure. am I what am I doing and you know what's what's the point of all of this and so it was that it was doing a lot of work with Tony Robbins um it was also doing um yeah, just a lot of spiritual things in nature, a lot of meditation. And and as I've been saying recently to some friends, Paris is an amazing place to be lonely because it actually- Ooh, unpack that. Yeah, it, it actually triggers you a lot because in Paris, they, they're in relationships. They really, not just Paris, but in France, um, people tend to be coupled up very much. And so- if you're single in Paris, you know, it's like, oh, the most romantic city in the yeah. world. And, and like, you know, you're going to the Louvre and, and the Eiffel Tower and all these fantastic restaurants. And um, through all of that, you know, you're sitting by yourself. In, or at least for me, I was sitting by myself in my apartment. All my friends were in America. The time difference was really hard. And so I would go and sit at cafes and you know, in the morning, have a coffee at night, have a, a glass of wine or three. And, and it really, <laughs> it really started making me just uncover the triggers and the sadness. And like, I was so happy in Paris and I was equally so damn depressed. And wow. that's kind of the side that people really know about because what they see on my Instagram is what I choose to put up. And I choose not to be like, I'm sad and depressed today and blah, blah, blah. And so it really, it got me to a point to be like, okay, these are the things coming up, girl, you just, you got to deal with them. And so it was that it was going to the Tony Robbins conferences. It was not being around my friends all the time. It was, it was basically taking away distraction. And in society, the way that we have it today is we don't allow ourselves any moments to pause, to reflect, to be offline. Like if we're in a car going somewhere, you know, we stop at a stoplight and we check our phone. If we're in an Uber, we're constantly on our cell phone. If we go home, we watch Netflix or TV and we have wine and then we go to bed and then we check our phone right before we go to sleep. We check our phone when we wake up. So we're not allowing any space into our life in order to actually receive messages that will help us grow as humans and, and get over that depression or anxiety or what, you know, whatever it might be. And so moving to Paris for me was really taking away the distractions and bringing some, and like, I didn't know this was going to happen. It just, it all, now that sure. I look back, um, it just, it gave me space in my life 
to allow time to process and think and shit comes up when you do that. And that's why people don't like to do it. They, you know, that's why we keep ourselves busy because feeling like crap sucks, but it's through those moments that you're able to start to process and understand the behaviors you do and like, what are your ultimate goals and why do you sabotage and, and all that, like we all do it. I'm no different. I'm human. And, and so, yeah, it just, it provided the, the opening and the space to deal with some of the shit that I didn't want to deal with. And I subconsciously not been allowing myself to deal with. And it, well, it's uh, yeah. hard, to, you know? Yeah. I mean, in, in like the, re- the vast majority of the the rest of the humans on this planet, right? Like we're just, we're stuck in this autopilot without even, right. Without even knowing. And yeah, there's just this whole concept of taking time to think and reflect, whether that's personally, like professionally, it's, it's, it's crazy to even say this, but it's, it's become a bit of a superpower if you're doing it, (laughs) which sounds, which sounds ridiculous, but it's so true, right? And like you know, we chatted before we hit record, just regarding some of the the writing I'm doing. It's like this is the stuff that's coming up in the research. It's like it's not like for sure we have more, we have a lot of distraction and there's technology and there's content and all that stuff. But you know, going back two thousand years, there's still important decisions that had to be made and people that need to be um, talked to and meetings and things like that. It may look different, but there was still like shit going on. Right. But you know, the ones that you, you look, you look up to or the ones that we read about and like the Beethoven's of the world and like, they all took time to slow down and think. Right. Right. So it's, um, I, I mean, I'm hopeful because obviously, I mean, and you can relate to this, the, the conversation is starting definitely to shift into this. We've got a lot more work to do, I think, but just the idea of, we have to put our own oxygen mask on first before helping others, I think is really starting to to come through in society, which is, which is exciting to see. It is. And, and the sad thing is that we're still in a place though, that taking care of yourself, people seem to think is selfish and yeah. actually it's selfless. And there's a big difference between those two selfish. Like I want to be selfish all day, every day, because that means that I'm taking care of myself, but and if I, if I take care of myself, I'm then able to take care of other people. If my, if I love myself, I'm able to love other people. And there, there, it's so bloody cliche. And I, you know, I'm the mm-hmm. first person to be like, a lot of this is spiritual woo woo, blah, 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 like psychology 101. But the thing is, it is so true. And you cannot truly show up for someone else unless you're truly showing up for yourself. And, and so it, you know, people are like, oh, well, like I love my kids. And it's like, well, if, and like, I have a client right now, for example, and I love, I love working with clients one-on-one and, and she wants to be the best mom she can. And I'm like, I honor you for that. But until you start showing up for yourself, they will not learn the correct habits because we learn from those around us. And that's why for me, like, I never tell people what to do. I just try to be the guiding light that shows Mm -hmm. you what's possible and how I, you know, like I infuse energy into my life and like, I'm vibrant and happy, you know, most of the time. And it's like, that's more powerful. And like, that's me taking care of myself. That's more powerful than me telling you, Mark, you need to eat this. You need to do that. You're doing it wrong. You're like, 
But if you yeah. look at me and see the way that I live my life, you become more inspired. And so that's really what, what self-care is, slowing down, taking care of yourself, doing the meditations. And, you know, people are like, I, I don't have time. Like we all have the same 24 hours in a day. You choose what time you get up in the morning. You choose what time you go to sleep at night. You choose if you're on your phone late at night or not. You choose what you put in your body. Nobody else chooses that. And so the more that we can start to take responsibility for our own actions, the more that we can find happiness, peace, and that inner self-love. And one thing that I, I get really frustrated with in this is we're in a, a society today where everyone wants to be heard. They, everyone wants their voice to be acknowledged, but then there's so much blame towards other people and there's not enough of uh, taking responsibility for our own actions. It's like, oh, I'm fat because of this, because all the diets don't work or mm -hmm. oh, the economy's bad because Trump's here or so-and-so's not there or the Republicans versus this or you know, the health industry, that like, and it's like, or just take responsibility for your own actions. That's it. Point blank. Yeah. And so it, like, I get really on fire as you can see, because until people can start to take responsibility for their own lives and slow down and, and be like, you know what, if I'm not seeing the results I want, that's because I need to change something like that's it. Pure and simple. Totally. Totally. As you're saying that, what, what was coming up for me is because you see this a lot in the, um, like the plant-based community or vegan community. And I, I follow uh, or quite enjoy Rich Roll's podcast. Yeah. And so I'm vegetarian, but I mean, it's not to preach a certain diet, but it, it's funny, the, the, sl the, the slack you get sometime, you know, oh, oh, you said you're a vegetarian, but you had, you know, that meat like wow. a month ago or something like that. You know, it, to your point, people just are always finger pointing something, right? It's yeah. like people are trying to make their best efforts in whatever path they've, they've chosen, right? To, to be either healthier or uh, feel happier or whatever, or, or help the planet, like whatever the cause is. It's just like, let's just help each other on this journey and stop judging. Totally. Well, and like I always say, especially I get actually really pissed off at the vegan community. And I know, <laughs> I know that's going to piss a lot of people off. But the reason being is that the people that have become vegan and not just vegan, let's say the paleo community as well, because I think they're both equally bad in that they're they're preaching a good message, but they're doing mm -hmm. it in a really bad way. And so it's like if you look at any let's just say Joe. I don't I'm making Joe up, but let's say Joe is the person who is like bashing everyone else for not being vegan, this at the other. It, you know, Joe is vegan, has been for five years. Well, Joe wasn't always vegan. It took stepping stones to get there. And so yeah. what, what people are doing is judging someone else on one part of their journey instead of going to your own self and being like, oh, I was actually in their shoes. How can I help guide them to make better decisions? And so like, that's why I call myself a vegan who cheats because I'm like, I don't want anyone telling me that what I do is correct or incorrect. Like it's not your body. It's not your life. And actually it's my life and I get to do as I please. And if I'm going to inspire people, then I will do that through everything that I teach. But I'm like, I eat plant-based vegan most of the time. I yeah. eat. And the reason plant-based is because we know that vegan can be dirty vegan, you know, oh, totally. Healthy, right. And so I eat plant-based like 95% of the time. And then on occasion, I have a really beautiful cheese on occasion. I have, you know, organic eggs, on occasion, I have meat. That's it. And I'm like, I don't need anyone else judging me for that because I don't have judgment towards myself. And yeah. it's actually, it's this state that 
when we let go of our own judgment, and it's, it takes a lot of self-work to do that, we stop judging others. And so anytime you find that you're judging someone else, it really just means that there's some form of judgment towards yourself that you haven't yet worked on because at the end of the day, we're all mirrors to one another. And like, people are going to be like, ah, what are you talking about, Nikki? And blah, blah. I'm like, well, that's okay. That's cool. If it, if it trick, like my naked yoga videos, for example, that I do on Instagram trigger a lot of people. And I'm like, that's great. I love it. Let's, let's talk about it because at the end of the day, I don't show anything. I'm not posting, you know, nude photos that you can see my, my boobies or anything like that. What I post is way less bad than the majority of famous girls on Instagram who are posting like boobs and ass. And, and so I always try to, you know, get the conversation going. Like, why is this triggering you? Because whatever triggers you means that it's something that needs to be healed within yourself. And so again, it just goes back to this place that we have to stop blaming other people and take responsibility for our own lives. Love it. I, I'm glad you brought up the uh, like your your shift in posting or you know, just I call it just being vulnerable and 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 posting those type of photos. I, I remember when you first started doing it and reading some of the stories and I think you shared some of the comments from from some of your followers and like, man, some of them were just it just makes you reflect back like, man, there's there's a lot going on with with people based on like I would not even think of voicing some of those comments right but I, I can't imagine like what you're seeing and it's what I reflected back on too I can't remember where you had written this but at one point um, I think you started your account where you're posting headless you know photos on, on the last episode we did okay and yeah. you know from so from there to <laughs> like almost <laughs> nudes right you know good for you yeah. And I guess like what it, what have you learned about yourself going through that? I mean, you you talked obviously a bit about other people and, and just the way they were receiving that, but for you just going through that process, like what 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 did that bring to you? Oh, you know so much. I actually feel this is so ironic. I feel more comfortable and like happy in my own skin today than I ever have and I enjoy posting like a, a tasteful, a tasteful nude photo yeah. that shows Shows the human body. I'm not even going to say like shows nudity and skin. Just shows the human body. Because guess what? We were all born naked. That's it. Point blank. Yeah, yeah. We we live in our skin and yet we put all these filters on us. We put these clothes on. And, our, and so this is what I've learned. We put these clothes, which become a mask. And the clothes change depending on the person that we're going to see or the environment we're going to. So we're constantly putting masks on ourselves. Meaning... Who are we really? Are you the person that's like, are you the, the one who's wearing the suit going to work? Or are you the one that wears the leather jacket when you go on a date at night? Are you the girl that wears, you know, like little sundresses and ballet flats? Or are you the one that wears kind of like stripper high heels when you're going out to the clubs at night? Like, because we all have different layers of our personality. So who are you really? Which one is the real you? And so what I started learning from this was the more that I took away all these masks of what I needed to say or what I, what I thought I needed to say to my audience and how they would potentially perceive it and judge me is like what went on in my head um, to, you know, all the different clothes that I was wearing and like, you know, being sent clothing and swimsuits from brands and being like, oh my God, I'm taking one photo with this. And then, you know, I give it away or sell it. And I was like, what if I just didn't do that? Like, what mm -hmm. if I'm just me? Who, like, really, who am I? 
And so yeah. it gets into that like existential question and we won't go there, but it, it really started to get me to a place of, I don't, I, and like, excuse my friend, I just didn't give a fuck anymore. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pure and simple. I was like, I just, I got so burnt out from Instagram over the past year that I was like, I'm just going to do whatever the fuck I want. And ironically, that's when people really started liking the account because we like authenticity. We like vulnerability. We like all of that. And, and yet I still have a point with my account that I do have to be mindful that like people don't want to know if I'm depressed for a month. They really want to know that I was depressed. Yes, they want to know that, but they want to know how I got out of it because they want to put themselves in my shoes in order to then get over it. And, and I'm hmm. very conscious of that. And so I share, you know, I share authenticity and I also share in a place where I'm like, I just, I just don't care. But the end outcome for me is always, how can I be of service to these amazing people that follow me who, who have followed me from day one, some of them are new and, and how can I help them become a better human being with a happier life? That's it. And so in the process, like, I almost feel like I've grown up in the public eye in a sense, because I've been doing this for, you know, seven, eight years. And, and a lot of my followers have seen me since day one. And it's like, it's just, it's kind of crazy because people know me from Instagram. And yet what people don't know is that my life is so private that like, you think, you know, what's going on, but like, you have no idea in reality, you know? So it's, it's yeah. just a dichotomy of people think they know, then people like to judge. And it's like, well, what are you judging? You're judging me from one photo that I took in 24 hours, like one millisecond that mm -hmm. photo was taken. And I chose to write a caption to help you or share authenticity or like help me. And, and so I just, I really started learning through the whole process of like, I just don't care. I literally don't care. But also the end goal is, is always how can I help others? But there is like, so I, I, I'd put myself in that camp in the sense of since our first conversation, I mean, I've, I've obviously been following uh, you and your work and, and just seeing this, this journey unfold. And there's, I mean, authenticity is a bit of a buzzword these days. And there's a difference though, when like with you, for example, again, just following you for the last couple of years like this, it's you can, it's real. Like it's, it's actually ironically authentic, you know, when, yeah. when, and you can feel that though, when, when, when someone's coming from that place. Right. So as much as obviously you're not sharing everything, but you know, you can, as an outsider, I think really, and it's, it's a nice thing to see. Cause I, you know, I think it gives hope for, for a lot of other people and myself included to, you know, take these risks and, and jump in to the uncertainty and, and just go for it. Right. Or, or, you know, something that I, I hear you say often, but just like loving where you're at. Mm, right. Yeah. It's um, yeah, it's really nice to see. Thank you. And I, you know, I, I just, I so appreciate what you're saying and it's, you're so right that we're in a place right now that everyone's talking about, Oh my God, authenticity, this, that. And it's like there through that, there's actually a lot of lack of authenticity because exactly you're like wait what huh like because the moment that someone has to say like oh I'm being authentic at least for me it's like well I don't know like are you are you really I don't mm -hmm. it's, it's so so interesting and I think that's why it's important not to take it 
or yourself too seriously. And when I say it, meaning the industry, like the whole social media world, all of it, because it's, it is fake. Like it, yeah. it's, my life is not real on there and people compare their themselves to what they see on. And like, I'm guilty of it too. I see other people and I'm like, damn, I wish I had her life, you know? And it's like, we can't do that because when I look at my own life, I'm like, people have no idea the stress that I go through every day. And I don't want to sit there and talk about it because as a human being, I'm trying to go through it myself. I'm trying to sort out my own shit so that I can serve other people better. But I don't know. It's yeah, it's just a, a funny world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a great way to put it. But it's it's interesting because it's almost like uh, I, I kind of sense this from you and I've been treating it like this as well. It's almost like it's an experiment, this, totally. you know, all these channels and just, you know, trying different things out and just seeing, you know, if you, if you kind of, if you look at it with a, with a lens of just questioning, you know, or testing a hypothesis of some sort, it, it makes it, it makes it fun. And it, it you know, it, it takes the, the, cause there's a lot of darkness, obviously it takes a bit of the darkness out of there. And so like, let's kind of to your point, like, I don't give a fuck, like just, Let's just try this out and see where it goes, right? It feels right. So, um, Nikki, I want to chat about your happiness list because from the first episode, that's actually something that um, I've really adopted and just having this, you know, five to 10 bullet point kind of list of mm-hmm. the full stop things that I know will, no matter what's going on, will will flip my mood or mindset or pull me out of whatever it is. And I've talked to a lot of people about that and it, it really resonates. I'm curious, has your, like, where has your list gone? Where, what's new on the list? What do you want to try? What's, uh, what's working for you? Do you know, it's so funny. I don't remember what was on my list before. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have that either, but. Um, you know, I, I think for me, my, my happiness, really happiness list. Let's say that 10 times fast. is really focused. My number one thing is focused on, on love and connection. And so it's kind of like in the past, I've been so stressed out about work of, you know, what do I need to do today? How am I going to get all my things done? And I realized like, it's, it's a never ending goal. It do, It's not like you get one thing done and like, Oh, great. I'm done. It's like more, more stuff comes. And so yeah. it's that the things that actually fulfill me the most are, you know, friends and family, loving connections, seeing people. And so that would definitely be be number one and, and really making that a priority. Second thing is just constantly feeding my soul with information. So whether it's podcasts like yours or books, like this year I have a goal of reading two books every month and they're based on business, spirituality, relationships, um, self-help. So all these different things. So learning and and increasing my knowledge is another huge one. And then traveling's always been a big one, but right now I'm in a place where I need to slow down with traveling. Yeah, you, you got that in. <laughs> I got that last year. Um, yeah, actually last year I, I counted it up. I did 29 internet, no, 29 flights, 16 in, was it? Or 16 international flights, uh, seven Euro star, trains I it like I can't remember the list verbatim but it was it was insanity last year and and actually what was interesting and this is just a side tangent that one of the things that I went into last year I, I started writing a new book and I said you know having lived in in 10 cities across nine countries or something like that what am I running away from 
or what am mm. I trying to find? And great question. Right. And, and so what am I running away from or what am I trying to find? And through that, through the course of the year and all this crazy travel, I actually found the answer and you'll have to read the book when it comes out. But <laughs> I love it. that being said, um, it really was, it really helped me to start to prioritize what brought me joy and happiness in my life. And, and I realized that I was always, I was always scrambling with business when in fact business should be the secondary thing in our life or at least for mine. Sure. Interesting. Yeah. And so there it's not, and like what's on your happiness list? Oh, it's, I mean, it's always evolving, but (laughs) for me, you're dead. Just Yeah, exactly. I mean, the biggest one I'd say most recently has been including breath work. And, And it's just like meditation for me has always been a staple along with journaling. Those were, those were kind of the the core practices for me, Mm -hmm. but I, I still struggle with meditation. Like I know enough, obviously given the the space that I am that and the science is there and like, I understand the benefits, right. But it's harder. I find it, it's harder to um, realize them if you're not in like an SOS situation, then obviously yeah. that, you, you know, you can kind of diffuse that. But with breath work, it's just like you can feel it, right? Like in your body. And I, I've never, I haven't done anything yet where I've felt the same level of quiet and stillness that I can get at the end of like a Wim Hof, you know, oh five God. rounds of breaths type thing. Totally. I agree. So yeah, so that, that's that been a big one. And then just other things like, taking more walks outside no podcasts nothing in the ears and just walking and like breathing (laughs) you know the basics i mean right the the basics of life do you know what's interesting so um and i won't go into this too much because that's like a whole nother conversation but i did a a past life regression therapy session last week and and it was fascinating like oh my god um, and actually it, no, I, I just, I won't go into it cause I could say a lot, but one of the things that came up from it was I was told that yes, meditation is great, but actually I need to be more still. And by stillness, mm. it was go outside, sit on the grass and stare at a piece of grass for an hour and do nothing else. Don't, don't bring a journal. Don't put a podcast on, don't meditate, don't you know, like don't need to do anything, just be still. And it kept coming up over and over and over. And I was like, okay. And so then it's funny. I I started, uh, I was talking to a girlfriend last night and uh, I was telling her that the past few days I've started feeling just like a little bit overwhelmed. I'm looking for an apartment in LA, all these different things. And she was like, Nikki, you got to go stare at the grass. I was like, yeah, so right. (laughs) So true. Have you read uh, "Stillness Is the Key" from Ryan Holiday? No, I haven't. Oh, you'll you'll love that book. Oh, okay. It's his it's his latest one. I think it came out end of last year. Amazing. Um, but yeah, it's just full of you know ways to to be still essentially, and just again breaking it down from a historical standpoint right up to the present day and the power of of stillness, which obviously you're describing. Yeah. Super interesting. Well, you you actually mentioned like stillness is a superpower in today's day and age because nobody wants to commit to it, to do it. And you think about like the reason that we live in the world we do today is because they didn't have 
the insane amounts of distraction. And, you know, and I, I will be the first to admit that I get distracted really easily. And like, I have it on my little smiley face journal every day, 30 minutes, not on my phone, first thing in the morning, 30 minutes, not on my phone before I go to bed. And if I do it, I get a smiley face. If I don't do it, I get an unhappy face. Like I love it. I even have to track myself because I like, again, you're human, right? And the people are like, Oh, you're like, well, they said, I'm like, yep, still human though. Um, but it's the reason we live in, in today's day and age in this culture is because thousands of years ago, although they still, yes, had distractions, they took time to be more still. Of course. And they yeah, woke up. Of course. And like that's, that's why things like the 5am club um, by Robin Sharma and Jay Shetty yeah. and all of these people say you have to, and it doesn't matter if you get up at 4.30, 5.35, like, but those are the, the most successful people on this planet all get up early because they, you realize you have more time, more energy, more efficiency. You can meditate, be still, and you have time to think and process. And it's, you know, if you start your day at 8 a.m., you're in a consistent go, 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 which puts your body in a sympathetic, uh, the system sympathetic. So then it's like fight or flight, which then brings up cortisol. And by the time you reach the end of the day, you're like, oh my God, what did I get done? I was just go, 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 go. Instead of getting up 30 minutes earlier and just sitting by yourself and suddenly it, it be, you know, and, and it's commitment, right? Like it's what, what are you committed to? So it's totally, I totally resonate with that. It's, and it's something I've been thinking about as well, because for, I've always been a, an early riser as well. My family always you know laughs at me and this and that, but because uh, I'm always the guy, whether I'm in a co-working space or back when I was in the corporate world, um, the guy that's turning the lights on and it's, there's yeah. nothing more gratifying than that. Cause it's to your point. It's that's where the stillness is like before yeah. people arrive and you can think you can read. Um, and I know, I know so many people have a hard time just like, I'm not a morning person. I'm not this. And it's fine. It's just like, that's you're, you're setting yourself up for, willpower essentially yeah, willpower. and right and the longer it goes it's just the harder it is and because we're all human and life happens phone calls come in emails come in like it's just easier if you if you do it and to your point you're right i mean i, I i'd love to see what the stat is but i i feel like it's well over 80 percent of the the people that were looking up to or following or buying their books, listening to them on podcasts are all getting up early, right? It's just such a consistent. For sure. Well, and the, the other interesting thing that you said, you know, anyone that, and, and I'm, again, I'm the first person to also admit, like, I don't like getting up early. Like 7 a.m. is like a good time for me. I wish that I could easily get up at 5 a.m. I like, it's, you know, it's on my to-do list of like, start working towards it once I get settled and all of that. Um, what I was going to say though, the, the two most powerful words, and we, I believe we talked about this as well on the last podcast, but the, the two most powerful words in the human language is I am, because whatever you put after that is yeah. what you believe to be true. So I am not an early riser. I am an anxious person. Well, correct. You're going to start. So your subconscious set has something to do with that. And then you, so your subconscious is the one saying, you know, I, I'm an anxious person because of this, but in reality, there's something really deeper going on there. And so your, your mind becomes the thing that actually says, uh, anxiety, I have it all day. Your words then say, 
I, I am anxious. I am an anxious person, which then means your behaviors start to become that, which then means your results are that you're anxious all day. And so, and that becomes your destiny. Totally. It's really, yeah. you know, if it, change the, I am, I, I am not a morning person yet. Love it. It's, I mean, our internal dialogue is just so yeah. powerful. I, so I'm i actually reading a book by um, Marissa Pierce right now, which is, she's all about that, you know, internal language and those, I, I think actually the book's called I Am Enough. Um, so yeah. it's, it's just, it's so powerful. And what the last thing I want to ask you about actually, which relates to this, because I know you do, um, or you're quite passionate about visualization and manifestation and all of that, which I feel like a lot of this links you know, in terms of the vocabulary and what you're putting out there, like what, what, what's, what's your setup in that sense? Or how, how do you incorporate that type of work or that practice into your life? Oh my God. I love this question. So there's a difference between manifesting in what most people believe like, Oh, I'm going to, you know, write down what I want on a vision board and then I'm going to meditate and it's going to happen. That doesn't yeah. happen. That's the very like spiritual woo-woo. It doesn't happen. There is something to say about the about energy though, and our, our intentions, our thoughts are incredibly powerful. Science has proved this. There's like it's getting to a point where it's not just woo-woo spiritual. Like science is actually backing this up. So and yeah. I'm I'm a big believer of let's not be the woo-woo, let's be the science woo-woo. And so yeah. for me, how manifestation looks is I write down my intentions, my dreams, my goals but then I actually write down uh, the action plan on how to get there because I can sit there and daydream about, I am going to make up something, but it's like, I can sit there and daydream about wanting to make a million dollars next year. Right. Which a lot of people have actually the, the number one new year's resolution is I want to lose weight this year. I want to get healthy. And this sure. is year after year. This is um, consistent. Yeah. And 80% of people fail in their new year's resolutions, 80% fail. So for me, I always set up something. So let's say my goal is I want to make a million dollars next year. Well, then I have to sit down and say, all right, how am I actually going to do that? Because the, the manifesting is all about setting the intention, but it only comes to fruition when we put the action behind it. And so then you would start to break it down to say, well, in reality, how much money do I need to make a month for, to make this happen? How much money am I currently making? What are all the ways I can make money? And so I think that people get really, really caught up in, you know, I'm, I'm going to manifest a, my, my dream, my soulmate. And I'm like, that's amazing. I love it. I'm here for you. So let's write down all the things, the characteristics, the qualities that you want in that person. And, and then from there, you know, let's say you're on the dating apps, it becomes, you can start to filter real quick once you mm -hmm. have values and your qualities and the things that are really important to you. And, and so manifesting is 100% true and we can do it because it's all based on energy but you do need the action steps behind it. And so that's, that's the way that I do it. And I that, love it. That's how I manifest everything I want. <laughs> I love it. Well, and I think, you know, manifesting without the action, I mean, that's the, it's like anything in life. That's the easy part. 
right? right? It's it, the action part is where it gets, you get into the, uh, like the uncomfortable and the uncertainty part. So it's, it's almost not surprising that, you know, there's like this whole vision of what manifesting is and this whole woo-woo concept of it. And like, oh, I just need to sit there and yeah. feel the feelings. And there's, you know, there's, there's stuff to that, but you're right. Like you, you have to take action. <laughs> well, it, you know, for anyone who of the 80% of people that fail on new year's resolutions that say, you know, I want to get healthy. I want to lose weight. And it, like, this is where I come in and I'm like, okay, well, like, what does that mean? I want to lose weight. How much weight? What, what does getting healthy mean? And when I do, I have a, a talk that I give and I, I ask everyone to take out a pen and paper and I say, what does healthy being healthy mean to you? And the second question is, how do you know when you've achieved being healthy? Because nobody actually really knows what that means. Like, I want to be healthy. Okay. But like, what does it actually mean for you? So what I was saying though, is it's like of the 80% of people that fail on the, I want to get healthy. Well, let's just say, you know, you say, "I, I, I want to lose 50 pounds, but you don't sign up for a gym and you sit on your couch and you're like, but I'm, I'm manifesting. It's like, well, no, yeah, yeah. You're, you're just wishing at this point and wishes don't come true unless you put action behind them. <laughs> yeah. That's a great, great way to put it. Love it. Well, thank you for that. Yeah. I've got, you know, what, but the last question was going to be around prompts and I'm just looking here at my notes. There's a, <laughs> there's so many great prompts that you've already left. Um, you know, who do I want to be every single day? What am I running away from? Yeah. What am I trying to find? Um, but, but are there, I mean, obviously, uh, floor is open to you. Are there any other questions that you've been pondering over the last few months or anything else you want to leave from a journaling perspective? Ooh, yes, definitely. <laughs> so one okay. other, another talk that I give is based on happiness and it's, it's actually titled the, the science of happiness. Hmm. Uh, I won't go into the entire thing, but one of the the prompts that I have people do is write down all the things that make you happy in life. And so, you know, this can be like getting out in nature, spending time with my husband, wife, my boyfriend, um, going to lunches with girlfriends. From Like for me, it would be having really delicious red wine and cooking while listening to jazz music at night. Like, you know, yeah. the specific that you not just like, I like nature. So get, you know, getting really specific on that. And then the next thing I have people do is write down what are the activities that you schedule in your calendar? Sorry, just hit my computer. Oh, um, like and that. Because then you start to see if you're not on a, a level seven or above happiness every day, then I encourage you to look at the things that you're actually scheduling because we tend to schedule the things. Oh, so I also have you write down um, before you do the, the scheduling one, what are the things that make you unhappy, that make you stressed out? So it's like doctor's appointments, um, having to go to work early, having to get up early for a lot of people, um, you know, all these different levels of things. And so then the third question is, what are the things that you schedule in your calendar? Because we live in a, in our own minds where we schedule the things that we don't like and we don't do the things that bring us happiness. And then it's no wonder that we get stressed out and depressed and unhappy and we hate waking up early in the morning and all this because we don't put anything in our diaries that bring us joy. It's all the things that bring us unhappiness. That's powerful. So I'll, I'll add to, you know, to help people actually take a look at this because something I found has been so impactful. It's just every Friday scheduling 20, 30 minutes of my calendar, usually like mid to end of day. 
Uh, but what's important is not at the very end of the day from wherever you're trying to rush out of, because then it just doesn't happen. But yeah. in a place that's that's where you can set yourself up for success. And I'm I'm just literally looking at my calendar, like what did I learn this week? What would I have changed? And what was awesome? But I feel like these three questions are bang on for that exercise, and it's yeah. just a way to to actually see, okay, like what is happening here, right? And course correct for the next week, essentially. And one thing I'm going to add, just as we've talked about, you know, like the 5 a.m. club and getting up early and and why it is so powerful is if you currently have an alarm that is the typical like, eh, 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 you need to change it immediately. Because the the second that you wake up, if your body is jolted by that, you, you are put into fight or flight the moment that you wake up, which means that cortisol is running through your body, i.e. the stress hormone. And so your entire day is going to be based on that one second. So what I tell clients to do is instead of having the, the eh, eh, whatever, put your favorite song on that you wake up to. And it has to be something a little more fast paced, but I wake up to my running songs that like give me the most motivation. And so I start yeah. my, holy shit, I'm excited. So that's just another little like, go-to. yeah, that's great. That is great. Well, I'm not surprised, but I could talk to you for many more hours. I mean, there's so many things that we can dive into, but I obviously want to respect your time. And I'm just so grateful that our paths have crossed and that get to to share these conversations. And it's just so helpful. Um, So thank you so much, Nikki. Um, And where you mentioned there's a book coming. Is there anything else um, you'd like to point people towards? I'll obviously link this all up in the show notes. Yeah, of course. And thank you, Mark. I mean, I'm, I'm again, so honored to be here on the this second round of the podcast. And for anyone listening, I would love to know your biggest takeaways. So, you know, please, please message Mark, message myself and, and let us know like what stood out to you. What do you like? Um, that's always so helpful for everyone involved. And, and just to know that like what we teach is actually sticking with you. But um in terms of, yeah, so I'm, I'm writing a new book. I, I actually wrote it for the past year when I moved to Paris. Mm. Uh, it, it, currently, it's in journal entry, so I'm going to turn it into more of a story. But it's, it's Eat, Pray, Love meets Eckhart Tolle with a sprinkle of sex in the city. That's the way Ooh. I'm it. Yep, pretty, it's wow. pretty amazing. Um, and so that, I'm looking for a new publisher at the moment. So I will let everyone know when that's, that's out. But um, yeah, the other thing is, I guess, just as always, if people are, are, are needing more, they want one-on-one coaching, then I do offer that. And I, it's one of my favorite things. Um, I'm actually working on a group coaching program as well currently. And yeah, I just, I'm kind of open to all the things and, and there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes at the moment. Love it. Well, we all link up to your website, the coaching and your, I mean, I'd imagine you'll announce a lot of this stuff on your Instagram profile as well. So we'll follow yeah. along and yeah, like Nikki mentioned, yeah, please. Sharp. I just, yeah, I know sometimes yeah. it's the Instagram. So it's just at N-I-K-K-I-S-H-A-R-P, but uh, you're, everyone will know that. <laughs> yeah, we've got it. We'll, we'll tee Everywhere. it up. All the well, thank you so much, Nikki, and just have the best day yet. Oh my God. Thank you, Mark. This was so fantastic. And again, to everyone listening, so grateful for you. And uh, until next time.